Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports. I am Jason Talbot. With me, of course, on this Memorial Day weekend is none other than Marcus Chin Quee. Get some Bulls intro music on that? That felt good. I just had a moment right there. Uh, How the hell are you, Marcus? I mean... (laughs) Do you have a second career as the the PA guy at the garden? I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. I've been I've been working on it. I got I got these allergies. A little. I was wondering how my name would sound if that guy was yelling it out. You know, <laughs> that might have been it. For maybe. Three point. It's kind of like the, the Price is Right guy. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's how he said. New guy my or name. the first guy? Huh? The new guy or the first guy? Price is I, Right. I don't know. No, I mean like when. When I was on The Price is Right, the way the guy oh, said oh, it. Oh, right, right. Marcus Chin Queen. <laughs> Let's get a sound clip of there. We can I, might put, I, I might put it Yeah, yeah. 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 Through it's going to be Marcus Chin Queen. Come on down. Um, <laughs> how, how the hell are you, man? Uh, yeah, we're doing okay. Weather, weather's nicer today. We had some, some rain the last couple days. But uh, yeah, we're creeping up seventy degrees, mid sixties. Yeah, beautiful. Nice, weekend. absolutely beautiful. I wish I had a grill that I can uh, Ooh, put to dude, use. I, so you got you got charcoal now, right? I am charcoaling it every day. I actually I only have enough stuff to grill for tomorrow, but it's so beautiful out today. I feel like what's gonna happen is I'm gonna wait till tomorrow to grill, and it's gonna rain. That's what's gonna happen. Beautiful day tonight. Perfect grilling. Grilled yesterday. I could grill every day. Well, there's not the weather. Better. That's that's what it's there for. I mean, the weather <laughs> today was supposed to rain all day, and then all of a sudden I wake up, no rain. It's not supposed to rain today, so I got my eye on it. I might have to order a barbecue tomorrow because I got I got no grill. Brooklyn life, man. There's I'm tempted to just buy a grill and go on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> just grill on the grill on the stoop. Just classic Brooklyn right there. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta do these times. Yeah, who's gonna stop me? You know, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody. Just hand out burgers to people walking around. If you got a mask on, you get a burger. Uh, so this Memorial Day, we we were casting today. Um, last cast, we forgot to bring up about the Knicks coaches. And I think we're gonna talk about it today. How, how do you feel about that? I think we should. You know, I, I mean. It's probably the first, or I hope it's the first move they make in the in the off season when, uh, if when we know if there's going to be an off season, right? So it's worth noting, like there there've been some conversations. I don't know, do we should we just go into that? Should we talk Let's, when the season yeah. is actually going to start or when it's going to yeah. end? Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's not really any next news. There, oh 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 my god, there is a little bit of next news. We got into it a little bit. I think over nothing. I think we're we're just dying to cast and argue with one another. But there's some new hires uh, oh, yeah. for the Knicks. Some <laughs> yeah, we God, we totally dropped the ball on that one. Uh, the Knicks have made some positional hires. I mean, you know how I feel about it. I, I'm a little upset because they're good hires. Like they're not bad. <laughs> These are well respected guys. Uh, what do we got, Walt? Uh, not Walt Clyde Frazier. Uh, <laughs> Walt and Frank, of course, are two favorites. But uh, what's this guy's name? Walt? Just call him Walt. Walt. Walter. Yeah, he's just Walt. It doesn't matter. He worked for the Jazz, you know. 
well-respected guy, another guy at OKC, Frank. Uh, we're not going to give last names. We don't do that. We're not going to get into it because, keep frankly, <laughs> pun not intended with the frankly, but frankly, <laughs> we've been down this road. New hires, mixing it up, guys we like, guys we're excited about, and I'm still in the mindset of let's let's see what happens. You know me, I'm not I'm not very optimistic about any of this. I Dolan is the constant. I'm not I'm not gonna I don't want to talk about Dolan today. I don't well, want to. I'm having well, a great you say, day. <laughs> you say we've been down this road before, but I actually don't think we have because we haven't had good hires being made, like people with like proven track records. That are coming to the table. That, so okay, that's fair. That's why like, I feel like the last good hire they made in the front office was uh, oh, what is his name? <laughs> Danny Walsh. Donnie Walsh. Oh, Donnie. That, that was a great hire. We, I and think every Nick fan loves Donnie. I think that Still. was a that was the last like really good hire from a guy who knew what he was doing in the front office. Yeah, and he. Did a good job, and then we're not going to talk about him. But yeah, you know, but and then somebody tore it all up and tore it to watch it burn to the ground. Which yeah. is funny. Like yesterday was Amari Day on MSG. Oh yeah, oh so yeah. So we got a nice run of stat, getting all his thirty <laughs> point games, and Donnie Walsh higher, and he put that whole team together. We had you had Gallo, you had uh, who might might there are rumors might be making a return to New York. Now, do you remember when I brought this up? A while back. You did, yes. And I was I like, there's one guy who could that. could make a resurgence here and that we would love and, to see. And I got to say, I've been talking about, you know, we need a, a guy to play the four spot next to Mitchell Robinson. Someone who could stretch the floor. I mean, it, it and it, he's only 31. Who knew? Yeah. I mean, 31 years 31 young. Again. I mean, I was looking back like, yeah, 2010. He I mean, only 30. League. Yeah. He came into the league, I think it was probably 2008 that uh, we drafted him. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, he's been around a while. A couple knee injuries, yeah. but he's back. He's he's feeling good. But if you want to get a vet, I think that's the type of guy. You know, he's not like super physical or anything, but he can still shoot. He can create his own shot. Like you said, he'll stretch the floor. But, you know, so that that's something yeah, to keep an eye of, on. Something to keep an you eye know, on. give him a, a nice little contract. Nothing that's going to break the bank, but for a couple of years, like... You know, that's the thing. And that's all Nick fans don't want to do. I mean, we talked about it last cast about guys like Chris Paul, who I don't want to pay $40 million a year, whatever his crazy contract is. So, and that's maybe. what I forget who the other guy is that they brought in, who's like the, the capologist that supposedly, I mean, yeah. his job is to <laughs> make sure they don't give out stupid contracts. So yeah. let's hope that he knows what he's doing. Then you got, you got Walt. Who I say, you know, he's he's got yeah, he's got some credentials. You know, everyone was pointing to Donovan Mitchell being, you know, a big one of his yep. last big moves. But the guys, like I said, the guy's been there over twenty years. You know, yeah. and the Jazz have been pretty good for a good amount of time. Yes, they haven't won anything, but they've had good teams. You look at his record. You, know, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Rudy Gobert, you sure. have Gordon sure. Hayward, you have uh Paul was it Paul Millsap that he picked Paul up? Paul Mil- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Millsap. Darren Williams, yeah, yeah. Darren Williams, yeah, and there's yeah. you know, like so he's made good hires. I mean good picks. Good picks. And he's brought in as the assistant yeah. GM. 
So I'm sure part of his yeah. role is going to be the scouting. And the same thing with uh, with Frank. And there's no arguing what? that OKC yeah. hasn't had good teams or at least yeah. good draft. And they've picks. drafted very well. I mean, they draft really well. So. I think my thing was over the last like five years, I just don't think the Knicks have actually had a draft pick and scouting problem. They've actually been really good. I, I've liked their picks. We're more about developing these players and, and, and putting a team together and not letting your star players be so pissed at the organization that you make bad trades. Like I, th- to me, there just seems to be bigger problems so. than what we're bringing in. But so, like, like said, I said, they're good. They're good hires, and and then it's good. So, so putting these guys, putting these guys together, like you said, it's you know you want to. We always want to see these young guys turn into something. And yeah. the it, the the biggest issue I think we both can agree on is that the development of these guys doesn't really go into, or we don't give them enough time to develop, or they're not put in the right position to. So a key cog in this organization is who's going to be the coach that's going to work with these guys. Yeah. Yes. Very. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So with that, yeah, that's, that's really what we wanted to, to focus on uh, today's podcast is coaching. And I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, everything I've heard about the Knicks and what potential coaches might be coming in. We've heard, We've heard the Mark Jackson for a while. There's just, there's been a lot of rumors and I don't know how serious any of them are. The only name that I've heard that seems to be getting more traction and seems to be somewhat serious is tips. And other than that, that's all I got. I I think the Van Gundy stuff and the Mark Jackson and the, Kenny Smith. And I, I mean, there was John Calipari at one point there was uh Jay Wright from Villanova, I think way back when, but the Tibbs thing seems to be one that I think would be great because I think the Knicks, the Knicks need a coach. You know, we can't, we can't be bringing in Eric Spolstra. We don't have a LeBron. We don't have a player who's running the team. We need a Popovich type guy. And yeah. Okay. I'm going to name all these great coaches, uh, you know, who have great track records, but I, I think, you know what I mean? We need a coach's coach and we're going to get later into this episode about our favorite fictional movie coaches. And I think that will speak a little bit more to what kind of coach I'm looking for with this Knicks team, uh, as a representation. Cause I want someone tough, man. I want someone who's going to go in there. Like we all talk about the Pat Riley days and it was like, don't, don't even look at the other team. You know, I, I need that toughness and not this Marcus Morris. I'm just going to talk trash and bounce a ball off your forehead. Toughness. <laughs> like I need some real like mental toughness, you know? And, so, and I think a guy like Tibbs could potentially bring that to this team with a young RJ, a young Mitch. So, Here's here's my background on I I did a little yeah. did a little research. I feel like, yeah, you're more in the know with this stuff. You do on you, the you three coaches that have gotten the most chatter over the last couple months. And for whatever reason, people love to hate on Tibbs as an option. Like you follow Nick Twitter, really? they're not they're like, "Oh my god, why are they going to get Tibbs?" And they talk about it like because his guys get injured. And I don't buy that 
because they said the same thing about Dan Tony. It's one guy. Derrick yeah. Rose is going to get hurt regardless. Like if you see how his body broke down, but looking at him as strictly a coach, so he's got the Nick pedigree. He was the Knicks assistant from '96 to 2003, so he was under Jeff Van Gundy most of that time. Then pre-Dolan. Jeff brought him a couple pre-Dolan years too. Yeah, Jeff brought him to Houston. So he was with him in Houston as an assistant. And then in Boston, where he won a championship with Doc Rivers. So he has he's sat under some good coaches. And once he got to Chicago, you're looking at a 65% win record. 255-139. And the thing, if you listen, I, I don't know if you heard it, but he was on the Woj podcast. I didn't listen Last to it, week. but I, I, I caught some, uh, some clips. Here. And it was interesting to listen to him because you got, you got a guy who's been through it all. So, like, you've seen he's – I mentioned those three teams. And in their times that he was there, they were all really good teams. And he talks about on the podcast that he wants to have guys that are the right character, you know. And if you look at those teams, there's a lot of character guys on there that are really good. And uh, if I'm – the Knicks and I bring him in. That's why I said that should be the next hire is that he has a hand in what players are on the team as well. If they're going to go into free agency, because you want players that are going to match the type of coach you have. And if you look at those Chicago teams and for the most part, Minnesota, but there are some other issues there that he gets the best out of the guys that he has, you know, like none of them were superstars aside from Derrick Rose. And Yes, without him, they were still able to win. You know, like, Derrick Rose goes down. They still won over 50 games and still were the favorites in 2011, got to yeah. the playoffs again in 2012. And they were there. There, I think they were in the playoffs every year that he was there. And you, get, you see he's being able to work on the guys like Jeff and Doc, and I think that gives him a leg up too because he gives credit to Doc Rivers on – how well that Boston team was coached and how he talks to the guys, how he runs practices. And I think being away from the game also has given him more of an insight into how things, how he could tweak his coaching style. But I don't think he's going to stop, you know, like giving it 110% when you're out there, you know, hard-nosed ball. And that's, that's what he knows. That's what those teams before that he was on, that's what they were known for. Houston, yeah, maybe. But that's a West Coast type of game. But sure. I think, you know, like he wants those guys like a Jimmy Butler, like a Taj Gibson. And yeah, he had them in Minnesota. And what happened when he went to Minnesota? They got to the playoffs for the first time in years. You know, I think part of it was also that he was president of the team too. And I think that's where a lot of guys are like, that's where they start to slip a little bit. And you saw that yeah, in LA like with Doc Rivers. Like he was like, I, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it anymore. You yeah. know, it was too much. You got to focus on the team, focus on coaching. And I think, I think I having these young guys, I think that I feel like he's the best option and he's still a younger, you know, youngish coach. If he, if he were to walk into that locker room, a guy like that, everyone's listening. You know, it's not like, I mean, I think about when the Knicks brought in like Derek Fisher or something, and you had more vets on the team. When you got a bunch of young guys, you want a guy like that to walk in the room and just take over and take over that team and someone that they can look to. 
Yeah, I feel like um, RJ or somebody would benefit huge from having yeah, a guy like that. Behind I him. could and, not agree more. And and if you want a guy, if you want to see Frank take the next step, you know, like that's the kind of guy I think that's going to do it. That's going to have him playing and, the way we want him to play. And I talk about how I want a coach to come in that wants to coach the team. I've talked about that before. A guy that's going to look at guys like RJ Frank, Mitch and Knox um, down the line. I mean, Iggy to Zoe. I mean, eventually there's got to be a line, but I want a coach who's going to come in and want to coach these guys that likes RJ's game, that likes Frank's game and it likes their attitudes. And I mean, I think they're all good kids. I, I, I like all those guys. I like their mindset towards the game. I know we've talked about Knox and we're a little unsure, but you know, he's working. I, st- I sent you some <laughs> some Instagram videos of him. I mean, he's pushing himself even during quarantine. Like, I, I think, That's... <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the, <laughs> he's lifting. I He's got to get stronger. He's getting first. stronger. Yeah. That's what he's doing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so if if he were to take the job, uh, I hope he's a guy that, that really wants it and wants to, you know, we, we don't expect, even if it is a guy like Tibbs, to come in there and, like, we're going to make a run at, at a five seed, four seed of the playoffs first year. I mean, this is a process. We got to, I hate to say it, but we, we got to trust the process. We got you know, to do it. And like you've said so many times, it's like, uh, we have to give a coach a chance. Like you were saying with, with uh, Perry, give him, give him a contract for like however many years you want to. He's done a great job. Just we put, all like what Perry's somebody doing. Somebody in place. I think you said it last time. Give the coach a ten-year contract. Just let him go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like don't give him. I know it's the same thing with players that they want those two to three-year deals, and then they got to go. No, we have the young a young core developing, and I think what you want to do is give them time. And I think that's when you see. I think the next coach we saw that in was with Mark Jackson and he kind of got the short end of it because yeah. he built it all. Like he gave yeah. the, like he had the time to build that team and then they took it away from him. But it's uh, just like, yeah, sure. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take so that job. <laughs> when he cut, when Mark Jackson comes along with the Warriors, you know, they weren't a good team. They were like a 20 win team. He comes in, but every year they got a little better and you know, you got Steph. Then the next year, you get Clay and Draymond, and then you get a couple more guys. And they built it through the draft, and they got a little better every year. All of a sudden, they jumped up twenty wins, and they're at a forty-win team. And then the next year, they had to keep running into the Clippers, and that kind of screwed them over. But won over fifty percent of his games while he was there. He set the groundwork for a dynasty, and the players loved him. You know, like that's. That's what I think a lot of people are looking at Mark Jackson is that they know that the yeah. players want to play for him. And you could tell watching, like, I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago when they were replaying the Knicks and the Warriors from 2014, I think, or 20, 2013, when Steph oh, had his young, coming out yep, party yep. at the Garden. And watching those huddles where Mark Jackson talking to the guys, you know, like, you know, he has his you know, his preacher voice on sometimes and he's, but it's all, it's all positivity, you know? And I think those guys, they thrive on that. And he's like, you know, you're the man, go take that shot, you know, hand down, man down, go, go get him. And he (laughs) inspires, he inspires those guys. That's what, 
That's what you I, want in a coach is for them to feel like they want you to do the best you can do. Well, live up to your potential, do the best you can. Right. And I was, I was going to ask you if um, there were any other coaches that, you know, there's not really any rumors that we could just name names, but obviously Mark Jackson would be a guy. I think we both say, yeah, I think Mark Jackson would be, he's been the guy just for years that they've always wanted there. But I think the number one thing on our, our priority list here is some, uh, is some experience. I I just don't want to, you know, I kind of joked around in the past saying, just bring, I don't know, even a former point guard. Like, I really like Chauncey Billups. If that guy ever wanted to coach, I would love him. Uh, he might be the one exception, actually. I might take it back because Chauncey, man, just anytime that guy talks, I'm just like, wow. They, keep like, t- they would always talk about him as a GM. knows basketball, man. But, um, I but I really would love for this team. I mean, Tibbs just checks all the boxes for me. And I'm trying to think who else is out there. Like, I mean, even a Stan Van Gundy. I'll, if I can't get Jeff, I mean, would I take Stan? Like, <laughs> probably. Happy? I love that attitude. He's got experience. He's been to the finals. Um, he's, he's got a proven track record. I just, I want a guy who's going to walk in that locker room and command the room. These guys are young. I think guys like RJ have a bright future. Uh, but these, these boys need some guidance. And someone, because right now I would say the leader on the Knicks team is probably Julius Randle. You just get that feeling. And I, and I hate that, right? You, you, you can't see this, but Marcus just made a face, and that's how we all feel like when I say that, where you're just like, ugh. Uh, so I, I don't need that. We tried it. I think you can, I yeah, we can find a better team leader, like a better locker room guy than Julius Randle. But, and then I'd love to see that day where our coach kind of passes the torch to RJ or another uh, type of guy where it's like a player then becomes our franchise player, all-star. And we have a, a normal, good NBA team that isn't the laughing stock. And that's where, NBA. that's where, like you said, I want to see, I don't know why I kept, I was watching some highlights and I'm like, I, I feel like I'm higher on RJ than you are, but I feel like he's uh, a type yeah. of guy that you could give him the keys. I want to say something. I've been, I don't know. I've been pretty hard on RJ. And I'm co- I'm coming back around, and I, and I said it. I apologized last time, where I've just been you know throwing out trades uh, for RJ. I threw out a Zach Levine marketing uh, kind of trade, and I want to take that back. I would not take that trade. I just want to say it for the record. I kind of thought about that more. Um, it's not it's not a great trade. I I like RJ too, and I like. I think what I like most about him is his basketball IQ and the way he composes himself. I think his athletic ability is not at the level of the two guys ahead of him that were drafted, obviously in Zion and and Morant and a lot of players in the NBA, but somehow he gets it done. And this year I we've talked about it. Randall, I just think was taking the ball out of his hands too much. Morris, they didn't want to let RJ do his thing a little bit more and let him grow. And so I'd like to apologize to all the Nick fans and say, I do not want to trade RJ. I want to ride this thing out. Uh, him and Mitch to me are probably both off limits in my eyes, unless like there was some crazy offer. Uh, but you'd have to really give a lot uh, to, to get rid of RJ. And so RJ, we love you, man. I'm sorry. Appreciate <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Hat and hand. <laughs> But I feel like I feel like he's the type of guy that if you give him 
if you kind of give him some rope and say, hey, go do your thing, he's going to do really well. And, like, yes, Tibbs had a young Derrick Rose that just was, you know, a phenomenon when he played out there, youngest MVP. That's rare that that's going to happen yeah. again. But, you know, he has that trust in a young player. Part of it is the, you need a guy that's going to want to take it. And Derrick Rose being the point guard, you kind of have the ball in your hands all the time. You can make that decision. I think RJ's the type of guy that will, if he feels like he needs to take sure, over, yeah. then he will. He's a and scorer. That's what having Julius Randle there well, prohibited for a long time. There was a game this season where he uh, he hit a game winner and took Houston. the took the game over the Houston game, and it was just like, let's do that more often. Like I feel comfortable with RJ having the ball at the end of the game. Like he gets he gets to the and he's basket. 19, 19 years thing. old. Sick. Yeah, like like you said, basketball IQ. That's what he has. Like he understands. Yeah. Clyde used to talk about it all the time. Like he yeah. he knows how to get to the rim. Going lefty too, that you know, gives him a little bit of room, but he can go both sides. And I think I think with the right coaching and the right surroundings that he's gonna Great. that he could flourish. And I think the only other coach that I've heard murmurings about recently is Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, from the Nets, and I think people only want him because he was the coach of the Nets, and I just, like, oh, I just I want to stick it to the Nets. I don't want that baggage, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't need that. And when I, I forgot that he was actually he was one of the Knicks assistants, and I think that's why they look at it too. Like when D'Antoni was coaching, he was one of his assistants, and I think he was also during pretty good years of the Hawks, he was an assistant there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, same like sort that? of thing. You, you, you you would like that hire? I don't know if I would love it, but it just it I don't know the it, optics. I, it's, it's, it doesn't it's, excite me or anything, you know. But big whoop, yeah. you know. And he's been with the Nets. He came to the Nets in 2016 yeah. when they were still really bad and got yeah. steadily better over the next two seasons. And I think that was more developing the young guys over that time. And then they made a jump when they got uh, Russell out there, yeah. and that things just kind of jumped for them. And, but you start to see the growth in the younger players. And I think that's what is drawing a lot of people to him is they see the development of that young Nets team. And then you bring in KD and Kyrie, and then they just kind of butt heads with a young coach, which is like what we said before is you don't want to bring in a coach that has a bunch of vets on the team that are set in their ways and they don't want to, they want to do it their way. And, they're not going to listen to uh, a coach telling them what to do. I, yeah, and that's where we have we have the young guys. So you bring in these are so these are three coaches mentioning here that I think have that pedigree to work with a young team and turn them into something. Sure. So I don't know, Kenny. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm. I I, I want a guy. I hate it, but. Yeah. Big well, I mean, you got me so excited for Tibbs and just that list of working with Doc and working, you know, with the Bulls and this, the, the guy's just his I NBA experience. I want, I want NBA. I want, I want, you know, working with the Hawks. Like, yeah, I'm not. You think I'm gonna get excited about the Hawks? Come on. Yeah, that's why. That's why I don't get why everybody's so upset coach, about you know? this Tibbs about Tibbs as an option. Like, so many people are like, oh my god, I think that he's gonna ruin. He's gonna ruin Frank. It's, he's gonna ruin RJ. Like, no. No, he's you know, not. like stop it. And if you listen, like, listening to that Maybe podcast, you know, he said he he admits that you know his style probably 
is a little different from how people are not because everything's about load management, you know? And he watches, like, watching the practices, he sat in on a couple of, like, clipper practices and stuff. And, like, the vets are on one side of the gym, the young guys on the other side of the gym. And they're, like, the vets don't do as much. They're trying to, you know, they're just kind of staying warm. But I think you had, like, these guys, they're 20, 21 years old. Let them run. Like, they can run around. Like, they're not beta glass. So I think if the, you know, one thing he did say which I thought was interesting, and you never, you don't, we, I think we as viewers talk about it, but hearing a coach say it, and I think that's what got me a little hyped, was he's talking about implementing an offense, like a versatile offense, that, you know, everyone always says make adjustments mid game, and a lot of coaches have to learn to make adjustments mid game, but he's like having players and having an offensive system put in place to know when to switch and when to, pivot during a game it's all within the same offense but knowing how to tweak it depending on how the game is going so you're not abandoning your belief system mid-game and having to change everything it's just tweaking what's already there and i'm like that's i thought that was an interesting thing to say because a lot of people are like oh well we gotta switch up our starting lineups to match up to other teams we have to if we're getting beaten in the first half how are we gonna we got to switch everything in the second half and adjust to how the game is going. And he's like, no, you don't really have to do that. Yes, it's an adjustment, but it's not abandoning what the offense is. You're just yeah, making changes I mean, within that same system. Right. And he's I'm speaking like, of being a coach, like you got to adjust to the game and play the game. You're going to make adjustments. Like love to hear that. And I'm like, and, and hearing him say that, he's like, and, and having guys that understand that I think is the biggest thing. Like yeah. there's a lot of idiots in the NBA. So like having a team, that under like over time they learn that system. It's I mean it's like the the bulls and the triangle. You know that's the thing with the triangle is you other teams pretty much have to adjust to you, but it works in any any offense. So you know like having those things put in place, I think was I thought it was just a cool thing for him to say. It was interesting to get his point of view mm-hmm. on that, and I'm sure a lot of coaches do that. It's just cool to hear him say it. And understanding yeah. that. And even looked, hearing when he was in Chicago, and he said, like, they, he would watch a lot of those old Bulls teams. Like, they had a library full of those practices and those games, and he would just sit and watch those and learn, and you know, learn, pick stuff up from there. So, like you said, he's been through it all. Yeah. He checks all the boxes. I don't know why anybody and, would be upset about that hire. Uh, yeah. And to get a fresh new team, it just seems like, let's go. I, I, I think I think that's he, weird. I, I'm 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 shocked that there's so much uh, hate on this. I'll have to check it out. Is it? Would I'm, you say it's like fifty fifty? It's like right down the middle. No, I think it's. I might say it's closer to like sixty forty, maybe fifty five forty five. But interesting, because Nick Fan's usually because he was trending on Twitter a while, like a few weeks maybe, ago for whatever you, reason. Maybe it's like just the the latest job that he had in Minnesota is leaving a bad taste in people's mouth. And they think it was a bad situation in that they see it as a failure. Maybe yeah. that's just it. And even that, I don't, I don't think is fair. You know, really tough Western conference players are button heads over there. Like you said, the whole GM, you know, being the president and being the coach uh, was an experiment kind of gone wrong. Um, and they still did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they were over his, 
I forget how many years, but he's 10 games under 500. So, but he's had a 48% win record there. He got them to the playoffs. You got to work with, you know, I think Jimmy Butler was, I think, his own issue there. That yeah. wasn't really a Tibbs thing. A that of, was just yeah. Jimmy being Jimmy. Yeah. And Carl Anthony Towns, like, no one really knows how good his motor is sometimes. That's what Jimmy was getting on him at. Wiggins has always been a question mark. And but he got them in the Western Conference to the playoffs, and yeah. that's got to count for Very something. Young you know, like he's still, yeah. I think maybe that just wasn't the right job for him. But he's got all those years of experience, and I think you know one. He's only had two coaching jobs, one little blip on it. It's not if he can turn it around with the Knicks, no one is even going to remember what happened in Minnesota. And again, yeah. it wasn't even a bad team. So I don't. I don't understand it. So when he was trending, people were like, oh, I thought I saw, I, I saw Tibbs was trending. I thought the Knicks made a hire. I was so pissed. I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, yeah, he's done. Like it, he's a champion too. Like he, he, he was a huge piece of Boston winning that title. Like their defense was one of the best in the league. So I, I think it's fair to say we're team Tibbs. Yeah. I think I got, yeah, I got and, myself a little, and, we'll, little and we'll, we'll, we'll pay close attention to this. We'll watch and see what other names come up. I mean, I'm sure they're talking to a lot of people. Um, it sounds like we have a, a pretty nice little checklist of things we want. Uh, I'd like to apologize. I think I'm my neighbors doing, doing work, man. So if, if you hear some construction or something, I, I'd like to apologize. Uh, the dogs have actually been pretty good. We good first, first half hour. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So this is the exciting stuff. We talk, we're talking a lot of coaches. We're, we're big movie guys. We're big TV guys. We started just messing around with what movie coaches, I'd say fictional coaches. I think we kept it into movies. Mine are all movies, but our top three coaches in film that are our favorites. I, and it's up to your interpretation. If this is more of your Knicks hire list, if this is just more of your favorites, um, mine kind of overlap a little bit, but with taking all this into account, I've got a pretty solid top three. I feel pretty good about it. I'm sure you're not going to agree with it. My mind might even be changed by the end of this. Cause I've a lot of back and forth. This is really hard. There's a lot, there's a lot of good coaches out there. Uh, so I have my, yeah, I have my, how are you three. feeling? How are you well, feeling? Okay. So I started thinking about this as what criteria am I looking for in a coach in these, in these movies, you know? So, and this translates to what a lot of we were just talking about with, uh, with potential Nick coaches. So, but in the movies, you want to, you want someone who's able to teach these kids fundamentals, you know? Absolutely. Are they there for them in their everyday lives? Because that's what a lot of you see it in TV and in movies. The coach always has something to do with the personal lives of the players in some way or another. And it's a very good point. Do we get a good speech? That, that, that is that is a big uh, a big part of my decision making. Yeah, as well. So, that 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 played a very large role in my decisions. If not to give give it away just yet, but and I like uh, I like a, I like a good speech every now and then. Not saying it's critical. <laughs> yeah, but. I like it when it's there. Who? So, <laughs> I, I, that's so funny. Just running through all the things I was thinking about. Of like, yeah, these are all very, very important. And, and first the, of all, 
if you're not giving good pep talks to your team at any point, like you shouldn't even be on this you list. You shouldn't even be coaching. <laughs> that's, that's who. Um, okay. Who let's start with number three. I usually start, but I, I want to kick it right to you. I can, uh, I can see the excitement in your face. <laughs> okay. Who do you got at number three? So my number three, which kind of goes against what I said a little bit. <laughs> well, they're hey, they're not well, number two or number one. Because, yeah, they're not number one. But probably one of the more underrated, possibly forgotten within our generation, with the current generation. Because hmm. he, he embodies everything you want in a coach. And okay. he might be more of a friend and a teacher than an actual coach. And has a little bit of a different style, but he brings our 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 our, our team, our, our sport to new levels, and deals with a, a, a bit of a hothead of a character. <laughs> what, you, what? I have no idea. I have no idea. Mr. Miyagi. Interesting. Okay. Karate Kid. Wasn't sure if you were gonna go into that genre, but I think it counts. It came. Sure. It came to be late. Okay. And I was pretty excited about it because I was so, like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. I, I I will say everything you just led up to, <laughs> I feel like is not at all who Mr. Miyagi is. Yeah, but he just the guy says four words in the whole movie. Yeah, but he does everything. <laughs> Slightly non-traditional compared yeah, to, okay. to the to the other coaches, but he gets he got results, and yeah. that's what that's what you want. And you're dealing with you know Daniel's a real hothead. You know he's a bit of a jerk <laughs> right, yeah. the entire movie, and it takes a special kind of guy to to deal with that kind of energy. <laughs> and oh, I love it. I I I feel like you know it's a great. Again, he was he was more of a he was more of a friend to him than a coach, but he's like you know he. Can you teach me karate? He's like, yeah, but we're going to do it my way. And he got him. Cobra Kai had no chance. Yeah. The teaching aspect of that and the, his teaching methods, I think, is what uh, I really like. You know, you, you, they end up they end up forming this friendship and bond. But in the very beginning, it's it's all business. And I, I that's why I I respect that pick. I like it. I mean, he a, just he had I'm to fix fan. his bike. That was it at the beginning. And then he's like, yeah, what were you doing with the chopsticks? And then... It's like, oh, you're painting fences, learning um, bits and pieces, everything. Yeah. All came together. My, my, my number three pick is not going to be surprising. It, it comes off of a couple casts uh, ago where we were talking favorite movies. And it took me a while to come to this. And I don't think he even checks all the boxes. He's my number three. But it's got to be Gordon Bombay. And... My criticism of Gordon Bombay is he's a little too friendly with the kids. He's, he's a little, <laughs> little too friendly. That's why he's number three. He just squeaked in. But the way he teaches, he makes the game fun. I think that's a really important thing. You know, I, I like that. You know, they're, they're making passes with the egg. You know, a lot of scrimmages. You gotta love the scrimmage. But he also at times, you know, can mean business. He was in the game a while back. Could have went pro. Got the leg injury. Uh, he gets in the players' lives. You know, he's 
He's talking with Fulton on, on side streets. This guy's hitting pucks into garbage cans, doing nothing with his life. So taught, he's a good guy. Taught, taught him how to skate. I mean, he's lived it. He just, he gets the players. He really gets in those players' heads. Um, he's your coach. He's your friend. Maybe a little too friendly. That's why I have him at three. Uh, and just what he was able to accomplish, the win the Peewee Championship. Uh, his team was garbage. His you team stink. was absolute <laughs> garbage. Uh, so um, I'm going to give it to Gordon. I'm. It, this one was pretty tough for me. I'm not even that crazy about my number three pick. Can, can, I, can well, I interject? I, yeah, absolutely. So I left Gordon off of off of my list. Okay. I'll tell you that. He's not any higher. But I would contend that without Adam Banks, that team doesn't win. I. You're absolutely right. And I was going to mention that. You're, you, you've got Yes, me. you know, he's able to, like, he put together some plays and utilize, like, the ringers. Because he would pull in a lot of ringers onto the team to do some flashy stuff. And, like you said, you know, he likes to have fun. But, but I don't think having what? fun is a style of a Well, style first of, of all, what, sports is a game. you got to remember yeah. the fun of it. you got to remember the fun of it. That's why I like it. And if I recall... Adam Banks only became a duck because this guy lost his job, threw it all on the line to get this kid on his team to win. So Gordon's got a winning mentality. I mean, okay? okay, and that's what we need. I'll give you that. Like he, playing he was, dirty. Pull, he, he was he'll do whatever it takes to get a win. <laughs> I mean, he wanted these guys taking dives to to yeah. to get some calls. But like you see later on, I'll I'll, I'll jump to uh, to to D three. That they tell him was like having a style of having fun. You can't win that way. Just having fun. Got to play two way hockey, Conway. Make play, him make the first yeah, move. You're... So you you could contend D three. Is that guy a better coach than Gordon Bombay? Um, I, absolutely not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I mean, saying things. You, those are all fair criticisms, but I still put him at number three because he won the Pee Wee Championship. He won the gold medal. He's a winner. The guy wins, and then he just pops in. In D3, and gives them the confidence they need to go win with a third game. You know? I mean, I mean yeah. he's just... The the results are there. And again, what? it's not number three. I'm not crazy about it. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the pick. Let's get the into One thing two. I'll give him is being able <laughs> to utilize the strengths of certain players. Yeah. Like like I said, he gets to know the, them. And, yeah. under, and he understands them. So, And, the fu- and I, maybe you don't agree with me as much on that, but I, I think the... The fun aspect of sports is something that's important to me. You, you got to remember, man, we're here playing, we're playing games. You know, it, it's serious stuff because it's a, it's a business. We're in the NBA. Uh, we're Nick fans. We take this stuff very seriously. But if you ain't having fun out there, you know, Jordan watching the last dance, Jordan had to leave the game, man. Just not, he wasn't there, not having fun anymore. Then came back, you know, he, Jordan, they don't talk about fun too much in the last dance, but. I'm sure winning those championships is pretty. He pretty looks fun. like he's having a good time from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, number two. Number two. Okay. All right. Do you want you want me to go into number two? No, I'm trying to think like how to because I know there's going to be some overlap here. We may as well just do it. So oh, this is probably yeah. My number two. This guy had to deal with real issues. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait. Hold on, hold so on. I know who your number two is. A lot of issues going on. Not just on the team, but in the world. They got to make it through a season together. Yeah. 
I think you know where I'm going. Left side, strong side. Coach I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it right Titans. now. It's my number one. So, this guy, growing bringing a team up in the South in the 70s, you got to bring these boys together. And if they got to make it through the season, they got to make it through it together. That's what the coach was doing. You know, he had good help on his bench, knew when to trust his people. Yost handled the defense. Boone handled the offense. They were able to coexist. You saw all the hatred going on between these boys. Coach Boone had to bring them together. Yeah. Undefeated talk, talk, talk about speeches, too. I mean, that whole movie, it's just one after another. When I was 15 years old, I lost my mother and my father in the same month, Ronnie. Same month. Twelve brothers and sisters. I was the youngest one, but they were all looking up to me. Now, I wasn't ready yet either, but they needed me. Your team needs you tonight. You're the colonel. You're going to command your troops tonight. You understand? Twins right, 48-0 read. Let's go. I mean, that's my favorite sports movie of all time. So, Lost from the first... Lost his mother and his father in the same month. Same month. <laughs> from the first... <laughs> from the first meeting, put your hand down. Like... Even the coaches are in line. He got Yotes in line. He took his team away from him, and then he tells him to coach the defense. Don't talk to me. You better get your defense in line, Yotes. Like, I won't dance if I hear some music. I mean, they it's get just one more first down. I'm taking over. He is the epitome and like uh, of just what the Knicks two need right now. Um, and he'll be your friend by the end. I mean, they were a family. They were tight. It was the bonds, and we we didn't really specify this too. This is based off of a real person. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, I think it was th- within this past year. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what day it is anymore. But you know, so I don't. I'm sure it's a little loosely based on it in the sense of like you know Denzel is just being Denzel. I don't. I don't think any high school football coach can pull off what Denzel can on a on a big screen. But <laughs> like you said, I mean, he is just the coach of all coaches for me. He's your number two. You have a number one, so he ain't your number one. But number the one. fact that he's both on our list. He's my number one. I mean, well said. I, I don't my I do have one knock. He only runs three plays. Guy's not very creative <laughs> with his play card. And like I know Novocaine. it's like Novocaine. Always works, but Give it a little time, always works. <laughs> I need a little bit more creativity. Uh, but when it comes to how he treated his team, how we got them pumped up. Defying all the odds, man. I mean, just whoo, baby. Um, and then Gary Bertier gets in the accident. They come to get, I mean, just that whole movie is just a, a roller coaster of emotion. And he pulls it off. I mean, even when we said, like, you know, getting involved in the the players' lives, a, a subtle thing in that movie, they don't really talk about it very much, but it's just like a quick thing, is Louis Lastic, man. He got him yeah. eligible to go to college. Yeah. And he's like, he just whispers it to him in the beginning. Bring me your test scores. We'll go over them together. And then yeah. go about it. And at the end, he gives a big hug. I and, love that. He's you know, still he's, the tough guy. He's the tough guy, no-nonsense coach. But he's still got your back. You know? You come to play for him, he's got you. Oh, my God. Can we? I kind of want to watch it, like, right now. I know. I'm, I'm so pumped. Uh, well, Spawn, that was my number one. So, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, but... I guess before we go to your number one, I'll I'll reveal my number two. Well, funny story. I just want to. Oh, wanna, quick, okay, yeah, yeah. Quick story. Course. Always time. Uh, when that movie came out, my brother went and saw Almost Famous with some girls. 
And me and his friends were like, you can't go. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to ditch us to go see Almost Famous? Good movie. But you're going to ditch us to go see Almost Famous with some chick. And we're trying to see Remember the Titans. We went and saw Remember the Titans. Came out just never felt better. Never felt greater about life. And we yeah. told Tony, we were like, you, you messed up. All right? You messed up. <laughs> you picked the wrong movie. And we might not forgive you for it. But that's the, you know. That's There's no way you could come out of that movie not feeling good. Oh, All, right. All right, I'm 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 really glad I'm I'm I'm. It's okay. It's not your number one. I I feel like I know who your number one's gonna be. I think you do. Uh, but just... Yeah, but and number two, I'm glad you have him as number two. I'm not gonna shy away from this. I, I, my number two. It might be what you expected. It's not just because it's a Nick's podcast. Nick's podcast that I chose this. I want a little female representation. I like the story. I like what she's all about. Come on down, Annie Franklin. New York City. Home she is my number two. It's every Knicks fan's dream to come down and be asked to coach the New York Knicks. But when you watch that movie, she's helping Rick Fox with his marriage. She's there for the players. She's teaching Yvonne how to take charge. Yvonne make basket. Yvonne, Yvonne make, basket. make charge. She's bringing Stacey Patton's mother down to the park to get involved. And people forget too. She's not just some fan. She's coaching kids basketball. She's been watching basketball her whole life. She's listening to that radio in the opening scene. She is diehard Nick fan, diehard basketball fan, knows the game. And most importantly, maybe, I mean, maybe I, this should be my number one. She's standing up to the owner. Yep. How many years later is it still relevant? <laughs> She was great in the movie. Great coach. She's going down to the end of the bench, bringing people in. Stacey Patton, sit your ass down. <laughs> I, I love her. I, 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 When I really thought about it, at first it was kind of a joke. Oh, am I going to put her on my list? But I was really thinking about the movie, going through our checklist. She's got it all. She did every... I, I mean, she's there with the players. She's just, you know... Maybe a little bit of a knock. Does she ever get really tough with the players? You know, this and that. But hey, she, st- she sat Stacey Patton down. Highest paid player. I don't care. You ain't playing. You got to make gotta those tough games. choices. That's what she did. So I'm very happy with the choice. She doesn't surpass Coach Boone. Uh, she, she's not that good. <laughs> uh, but very happy with her as my number two. And uh, what can I say? I think you, you got a great number two there. Uh, yeah. Representation. I like and that. And again, it's, it's not because this is a Knicks podcast. That's not why. You're just making the right, you're making the right choices, you know? Yeah. I actually, that's, I was watching, I was looking two. at a couple, I pulled a couple lists from like Bleacher and stuff, which we've decided Bleacher is not credible. Out of control. But out of control. I, Eddie was actually up there on a lot of, a lot of lists. Yeah. Is there like top, top 15? I think on a couple. I believe so. Yeah. There was a bleacher one where she was, uh, yep. Number 15. Um, and anyone that can, you know, go that far with the Knicks and be that successful (laughs) deserves to be. It's a a forgotten story. I don't know. Like you forget the standing up to the owner. That's where it really got. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Wild Bill was trying to move the team to St. Louis. And she was like, no, not happening. (laughs) And you can't, you can't find that movie anywhere. Not even on Amazon. They don't have it. Yeah. Like you can buy the DVD 
for like eight dollars, but you can't stream it anywhere. It's a it's a lost it's a lost flick. I gotta see if I could dig it up, or if you got a VHS, send it my way. Yeah. So you're number one. It, I mean, go go into it. I think I know what it is. All right. And the I fact get... that this this coach was not your three or two. I think you're fresh off the movie. You're feeling good about it. I'm gonna give you a setup, and <laughs> and uh, I think you'll 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 know. And I think it was a clear number one for me. You know, like this this coach teaches kids not just about sports, but how to succeed in life. They're learning fundamentals, offense and defense. Lets them trust their game. But also make sure that they succeed in school and are on a path to success. And that's what you wanted a coach. And surprisingly, did not have a very prolonged speech in there, but just as impactful. And <laughs> this is a guy, he is not a teacher. He's your new basketball coach. <laughs> Ken Carter. Coach Carter. My number one. All day. I love it. I, I kept it off my list because I knew you would put it number one. Probably a better coach than Bombay. I, I'm going to kick Bombay out and put Coach Carter as my number three. Possibly a better coach. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> this guy took a bunch of ragamuffins and turned them into winners. I mean, he had uh, Channing Tatum on the team. Who never played. <laughs> like, rarely ever played. I mean, yes, you have Rob Brown. And you know how I feel about Rob Brown. Hate his guts. <laughs> Timo Cruz, he was pulling up for threes on a fast break way before Steph Curry. Show some respect. And, you know, if you just like watch how he taught these kids, you know, he did everything I embodied, I, I was looking for in my, in my, my intro. And, you know, granted they lost in the first round of the tournament. They still went undefeated in that season leading up to it. Yeah. And these are kids, is, you know, I think the real victory in the end was that they got the college scholarships. This is what you want in a, in a high school coach. You want them to go on and do big things. You told me you deserved to be here. Well, you're not playing like it. All season long, we played our game. Right now, you're playing theirs. When we step on the floor, every second that clock is ticking, we are pedal to the metal. We run the ball, we pressure the ball, and most importantly, we control the tempo of the game. We make them play Richmond Oiler ball. He's based on a true story as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and see, kind of funny how that works. You know, fiction, you just can't, you can't write this stuff. Sometimes you can't write it. I mean, you can, but <laughs> clearly you can. And it's, but... it's funny, one of my friends uh, that went to Columbia after this movie came out, he said the real Ken Carter came there and was like talking oh, really? to them. And I was like, yeah, it's exactly like, he's exactly like the guy in the That's movie. Great. Just very motivational. Just, you know, and the big part at the end when he's just like, you know, just because you deserve to be here doesn't mean they're going to give it to you. Sometimes you have to take what's God, I, gotta, I was about to watch it the other day. I got, you know, you know when you just hit play on a movie and then you're 30 seconds in, something comes up and then, you know, it just sits on your continue watching list and you're just like, oh, damn. Because it's uh, not, they took it off of Netflix, I think. It's oh, not they there did. anymore. There you go. Because I had to find um, it in some back channels, but it's... It's a great pick. It's And it's a coach that the Knicks could use too. I think we would both agree our, our, our favorites uh, are the kind of coach that we want in the Knicks right now. 
That's Fair? I mean, if you have one guy that's gonna show a young team how to win, I think Ken Carter's the one to do it. But I'm curious then who's your number one if you left him off your list. Well, my number one was Coach Boone. Oh, oh yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, that was I mean that was really clear. It wasn't even I didn't have to think about that. For me it was more the two and three, which I want to give just a couple shout outs. Uh, there were a couple on my honorable mention list. I got a we few honorable a few. mentions. Um, when it comes to just straight up coaching, uh, Irv Blitzer, cool runnings. Cool running, that was man. a close one we talked about. Can I pick one that I that I think you might have? Sure. Chubbs? Chubb, he, dude, <laughs> that was going to be my number three, number two. And I left him off. I just, I just really thought about it more and more. That that movie's just so ridiculous that like I can't. I mean, I kept thinking like, if he, if he's gonna pick a wild card like a one, yeah. I think it might be Chubbs. That's, a, that's he was like my four before. three borderline. But I'm just at the end of the day, I, I love golf and this idea. Yeah, he can hit the ball so far, but golf is so much harder than that. And like <laughs> his short game, he's still doing the run and hit, and then he's. He's got a hockey stick as a putter. I mean, I love the movie, but it it just yeah. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't get myself uh, to put him in there. Some underrated ones: Lou Brown of Major League. Talk about baseball movies. Great manager. Did a lot. Those you know those Indians. They were a mess. Uh, big fan. He he almost got up there too. But I'm baseball baseball managers. I'm I'm not going to do it. Um, and I just want to throw out a little bit of hate because I love doing this. <laughs> Hoosiers is a garbage movie. <laughs> and Gene Hackman is a garbage coach. He was garbage in The Replacements with Shane Falco. <laughs> he was garbage in Hoosiers. I don't know why this movie is so popular. Indiana basketball, back in whatever year it was, nobody cares. It is, it's the worst. It's just, it makes me upset that people love this movie uh, about the most boring story you could ever think about it. A bunch of kids in Indiana playing basketball. I, I can't think of a thing I could care less about. Uh, he's so, last on my list. Roger, friend of the show, <laughs> loves that movie. Like that was his pick. <laughs> we were course. going through like movies by year. And I think it was probably like 86. And oh. he's like, Hoosiers is his, is his movie. And then, he was trying to get me to watch it for like a year, and I won't watch it. Still haven't yeah, seen don't. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should. Just, I read the uh, synopsis. I mean, I'm like, okay, I get, I've <laughs> seen this movie before. I get it. Uh, maybe I'm being too hard. I don't uh, think you are, because I've seen bits and pieces, and I'm like, what? Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. You know. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, there's a lot of other coaches I really like. You know, managers Jimmy Dugan in a league of their own, but I don't necessarily think that they're great. Coaches like Danny O'Shea. I thought about him. We were talking about movies, kids movies. Horrible coach. <laughs> Couldn't have been worse. Um, you know, I mean, as my one of my one of my honorable mentions actually was. Well, it was a combo of Jimmy and Dottie in a league of their own because Dottie does it for. And, and that's the thing. Dottie is really games, the coach. But... Yeah, I, I'll give Dottie the award way before Jimmy Dugan. Um, but you know, but he does come around. He had the experience. You know, he knew those he gr- knew those game. girls could play already. They didn't need Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> I mean, uh, great performance. Probably my favorite baseball movie. But 
I had a uh, Martin Don, Lawrence rebound. Hero. Yeah, okay. forget about that one. Yeah, and that's that's like young kids. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's more on like Gordon's level. Yeah, you he was know, a good um, coach. You know, yeah. <laughs> when he's teaching them to like, you gotta talk, you gotta talk, and he turns the lights off. <laughs> like, just give it, pass the ball, man. We'll give it right back. Yeah. Uh, what was it? One love. <laughs> uh, and another like Keanu Reeves in Hardball. Oh man, I I forgot to mention that. Yeah, G baby. Oh man, tugs at your heartstrings. That's one. That's one of my favorite, believe it or not, Keanu Reeves movies. It's up there. Which side note? I saw John Wick for the first time. A little embarrassed that it took me this long. That movie is crazy. Uh, it's I still not never even, seen it. It's not even. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Go watch it. I hear it's just, just like to, good action movie. Get the surround sound, get some popcorn, late night, pump that that volume up, and it's just nonstop guns. It makes no sense. It's it's ridiculous, but it's you need it. You need it. Everyone says it's just like a fun movie to watch. And yeah, it's wild. Two and three. They're all great. So. Keanu Reeves is such a freaking badass. Uh you know, yeah, okay. okay. Somebody yeah, brought this. I'm gonna speaking of Keanu Reeves, I did watch I watched Speed. Last weekend, just for kicks. <laughs> it's just a fun movie. Yeah. But I was doing a little workshopping on this on this topic, and I mentioned it to a couple people. And somebody mentioned uh, someone that I thought was I thought it was interesting. I would I didn't I wasn't gonna put her on the list, but Anne Tui in the Blind Side, even though technically not a coach, she was coaching the coach. On no, how to coach. No, no, no. I'm not, I won't Mike. allow it. Disc- not eligible for this. Uh... I, so I thought it was interesting <laughs> that you brought it up. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll throw it out there. Let's see what let's see what comes no. with. And another one that people mentioned, which, again, we're just doing movies, but Friday Night Lights, which I've yep. actually never watched. Good movie. That's, no, that's a good one. The TV show. Oh, from the what, TV? Oh, the mo- okay. Yeah, yeah, they're going for the TV show. Yeah, so sure. I said, maybe I'll give it a look. Rog has been yeah. trying to get me to watch that for a while too, but I don't know. I if think I that's <laughs> that's another thing I realized during this exercise is that uh, I haven't seen a lot of movies or I forget a lot uh, of these famous coaches. But I gotta say, I think I think we got a pretty pretty good list. And to your point, one more point about Bleacher Report: they have a top fifty greatest fictional coaches. Yoda is their number one. <laughs> um, so. This is why we're hating on Blue Report a lot lately. Like, I just why why even do that? What? Ugh. And Hoosiers is number two. So yeah, there you go. I'm still I'm just out of principle. I think I'm just never gonna watch Hoosiers. Like Roger asks me every few weeks, like, have you watched it yet? Like, I can watch it for free on Amazon, and I won't well, just, do it. Yeah, tell him you saw it and you hate it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Well, all right, we are. Feeling good. This was a, excited this was about fun. coaches. I'm 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 hoping we get some more traction on that. Uh, we didn't we didn't get to talk about you know the NBA season starting back up. I th- I think I want to wait for more information to come in on that. Hopefully by next episode they'll probably have some more yeah. more info. So we could talk about that more. And just a quick uh, before we go, shout out to Patrick Ewing. We're wishing you the best. Uh, such a shame, you know it. This is the world we live in. It happens. We wish him the best health. Um, I love that Oakley was uh, thrown out a little love to him, of course. Okay, Charles. Okay. We got it, Chuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but 
Marcus, always a pleasure. And this has been episode 38. You can follow us at Let's Talk Knicks on Twitter, at Let's underscore Talk underscore Knicks on Instagram, at M. Twitter, at Jason Talbot Twitter. We'll talk to you next time on Let's Talk Knicks. And et cetera, et cetera.